In 2003, Mark Zuckerberg invited five people to his Harvard dorm room to discuss a business opportunity. Only two of those people showed up. Both of them are now billionaires. Uh, sometimes it pays to take the meeting. Am I right? Uh, today, we are continuing on in part four of our adulting series with adult social media. If you're just joining us, we spent the last three weeks talking about important topics and helping us grow up and not just grow old. If you haven't seen those messages, I encourage you to check them out online. Now this morning, uh, we're diving into a topic that is, is very much ingrained in our society. That's right, the ever-present social media monster. Now don't worry, I'm not going to stand up here and, and talk about how social media is bad and how it's ruining our lives and how you'd be better to just disengage from all electronic devices and move to a remote village and make your own clothing, okay? Uh, so, so just take it easy. What we are going to do with our time this morning is we're going to take a look at a a historical account of an event involving Jesus and two of his disciples walking along a road. So if you brought a Bible, turn with me to Luke chapter 24. Be right near the middle. Luke chapter 24. Now, uh, we're going to be reading starting in verse 13. I do want to prepare everybody that... For today's reading, I I want you to just have an attitude of of taking in a full story uh, and not just so much a passage or a verse. We're going to be reading verses 13 through 35, so 22 verses in all. So just settle in, everyone, for for story time, okay? Uh, Here we go. Starting in verse 13, it says, Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened, As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet. Powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But they had hoped, but we had hoped, that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it was just as the women had said. But, but they did not see Jesus. And he said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on. As if, as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while, we t- while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up, and returned at once to Jerusalem. 
There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Let's pray together. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that you are not surprised by social media and its role in our lives today. We pray that you would speak to us how only you can and help us to understand how you would have us use this tool. In Jesus' name, amen. So even before that Harvard dorm room meeting to launch Facebook, the start of social media has actually been around uh, way back in 1997. See, a company by the name of Six Degrees started, and from 1997 to 2001, Six Degrees had about one million members. On this site, you could create a profile and even friend each other. Uh, So let's see, Walkman's, Social media, acid wash jeans, and hairsprays. In the 90s, right? The 90s in a nutshell? Okay. Then in 1999, LiveJournal brought about the concept of blogging as a way to keep a family updated on your lives. Uh, then in 2002, the site Friendster launched. Within one year, they were offered, get this, $30 million by Google, but they turned it down, only to dissolve uh, by the year 2018. So just a couple years ago. Kind of a missed the boat on that one. Uh, then around 2003, LinkedIn came about, giving people the ability to connect for more business or, or work-related topics. 14 years after launching, they would grow to over 500 million users. Uh, moving on, in 2006, Tom became everyone's friend with the popular MySpace, which at that time was the most popular social media network. Uh, but as most people know, uh, its popularity was short-lived. Uh, Then just this last decade, has anyone gotten used to saying that yet? Just this last decade, Twitter reached an astounding rate of activity with 750 tweets per second. Uh, Fast forward, we get Snapchat with its disappearing photos, Vine popularizing the concept of of short video clips, throw an Instagram somewhere, somewhere in there, and we arrive at today. With unlimited choices and endless access, People are posting, tweeting, snapping, tagging, liking, sharing, and hashtagging ourselves into an unending stream of information that the human brain cannot reasonably take in on any given Sunday. Thank you, Al Pacino. Now, we could take the rest of the time and share all the stats and figures about how social media is seemingly ruining society, how, in some studies, 60% of people using social media reported that it has impacted their self-esteem in a negative way, or how 50% reported that social media has had negative effects on their relationship, or even 80% that reported that it's easier to deceive others through their social media postings. Uh, But we're not going to do that today, because I didn't come here today to, to lecture about the dangers of social media. I came here today to talk about the person in the driver's seat, you and me, the people at the helm of this thing we call social media. See, social media itself is not the problem. People throughout history have been pretty good at damaging society with, with whatever is at their disposal. Uh, you history buffs will like this one. So, for example, in the fall of 1908, Henry Ford's first Model T rolled off the assembly line. This new invention was like nothing we'd ever seen before. Sound familiar? Much like social media. It allowed people to be more connected by making travel quicker and more affordable. 
Along with this and the many conveniences, it also brought substantially increased levels of crime. See, the Model T uh, didn't exactly have a lot of security features. A few had locks that were built in. The ignitions were really easy to hotwire. The VIN number system at that point, it didn't even exist. So as the sale of cars rose, so did their theft. Within 10 years, more than 27,000 vehicles uh, across the country in 28 of the largest cities were being stolen. So anybody who wants to make the case for the good old days... Okay. Might want to brush up on your history a little bit because uh, great-great-grandpappy, yeah, he could hotwire a Model T and be gone in 60 seconds, okay? Thank you, Nicholas Cage. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe to deliver moonshine to his, his prohibition rebel buddies, okay? But that's, that's a little off topic. Now, like the automobile, social media is a tool in the hand of the craftsman. But so many of us are forgetting our role, allowing social media to use and control us. Social media, it's a tool, which means it's either an opportunity or a stumbling block. You decide. Are you going to use it to build people up or tear people down? Create community or foster isolation? You decide. How about sharing in memories? Or would you rather keep playing the comparison game? Will you exercise moderation or continue being consumed with information. It seems like an easy decision, right? But so many of us today, we have got a need for the feed. No control, no restraint, and no idea how to leverage this communication method for the good that God intended. Yes, God, the God of the universe, saw social media a long ways off, and he has a specific purpose and place for it in our lives today. Now, assuming you, the individual, you want to use your social media for good. And you want to use it for the good of those around you. Okay? Well, I I want you to lean in here because this is where we really get to the heart of the issue. And now, whenever uh, it's time to speak profoundly, okay, this is the part where I step aside. I just be quiet and I let Jesus take the wheel. Thank you, Carrie Underwood. See, if you really want to make a difference with your social media... You have to understand one fundamental principle, and that is my posts communicate my purpose. I'll say it again. My posts communicate my purpose. What you are posting is ultimately communicating to the world your purpose. And if nothing else, most posts at least define people's perception of your purpose. And perception is that person's reality. Okay, let's return to our text and see what Jesus said. We'll start off in verse 17. He asks them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? Stop right there. If you're taking notes, and I hope you do, here's your first point on how to grow up in your social media. Number one, Jesus started a conversation. Jesus, joining these two men on the road, asked a question and started a conversation. This is Jesus, the son of the living God, having risen from the dead after being crucified and buried in a tomb, asked two average Joes seven miles outside of town a question. See, Jesus started a conversation, but people so often make proclamations. We speak with no intention of needing a response. People today are speaking or posting for popularity, right? Look at me. 
Listen to me. See what I know and what? Follow me. Okay, let's turn back a few chapters. Uh, Luke chapter 5, just a few pages back. Luke chapter 5, verse 14. It reads, Then Jesus ordered him, this is the man that he had just healed, Don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priests, and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Here Jesus did something amazing that today would go viral in two seconds. He literally instantly cured a man of one of the most vile diseases of that age. And his first order? Don't post this. How different would our quality of online interactions be today if we sought to start a conversation instead of speaking to be heard? Let's keep moving. 24, Luke 24, starting in verse 19. I love this verse, the first part of it. I wish it was a memory verse back in kids' church. I would have aced that one for sure. 19, what things? What things, he asked. And it goes on. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. So if we're going to keep moving on with this trend of doing what Jesus did, which I highly recommend, what did he do here? And here's your second point. He asked for clarification. See, these two men, stunned at his question, can't believe Jesus is seemingly out of the know of everything that has just happened. And Jesus says, what things? See, where Jesus asked for clarification, people react based on feelings. Did you know that communication between two people, almost 90% of it, studies have found, is actually nonverbal? It's primarily between uh, your tonality, how you say something, and your body language. Yet today, we read posts where all those things are left out, and we respond immediately, assuming we know exactly the intentions of the sender of that message. If only we could step back and seek to understand that person. What did they mean? What was their emotional state when they pressed send? What struggles are they facing in life right now? And here's a big one. What were their motives? Ah, motives. The unseen force behind everything we say and do. Now, if you started to tune me out, I want to encourage you to lean back in here, okay? Because this is where all comparisons and hypotheticals aside, if you can grasp what I'm about to tell you right here, it will fundamentally change the way you communicate both off and online. I want you to take a moment and think about a recent social media post you've made. Hopefully it hasn't been while you're sitting here, okay? But if it has, tag me, hashtag blessed, okay? I want you to see that post in your mind. Maybe it was a family photo, a recent birthday party, reposting something that came up across your timeline. Okay, now that you have that post in your mind, I want you to examine your motives, because, because here's the truth of the matter. You can post the same picture with the same caption and even get the same reactions from people. But depending on your motives, have two totally different responses. And that's what concerns me today. Now, I'm not here to tell you what to do with your social media. Okay? I'm here, I'm going to assume 
that you're using social media like every normal law-abiding citizen, right? You're sharing your lives with friends and family, and you're buying junk off Facebook Marketplace, okay? That's what we're doing. I get it. What I want for you is to do those same good things, but with the right motives and right purpose, because my posts communicate my purpose. So three questions to ask yourself, and then we're moving on. Uh, Number one, who am I hoping sees this? Am I really just wanting to share a photo, or am I inwardly reveling knowing that when it it pops up across someone else's newsfeed, the negative feeling it will bring that person? Number two, what benefit am I hoping this post brings? Am I building people up, or am I tearing people down? And three, why am I posting this? Why? Out of the 1,440 minutes in a day, am I deeming crafting this message to be worth those precious minutes? If you can evaluate those things, who, what, why, and be honest with yourself, that's the tough part, it will bring a whole new level of health and satisfaction to how you interact with your social media. Okay, third and final point today, back to Luke 24, starting in verse 25. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Did you catch that? Maybe not, because this concept right here is so foreign today, it's almost a lost art. Uh, See, after starting a conversation and asking for clarification, then what happens? See, up to this point, Jesus has been what? Taking in information. He starts a conversation, allowing them to talk, creating a dialogue. He asks for clarification. What did you mean by that? What things? Right? And then what happens? He turns the tables and he speaks with the truth. He speaks the truth with certainty. That's your third point today. Jesus spoke the truth with certainty. Here was Jesus telling these two men, look at it again. He explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. His post communicating his purpose. See, no one was more qualified to speak about the topic of Jesus and his purpose more than Jesus. So to sum up this point in a brief phrase, stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. You want people to understand you better? You want people to respect your insights when you speak? I encourage you, stop chiming in, and I'm guilty too, of every little thing that you formulate an opinion about. And I get it. it. You can't help but have a thought about something, right? Anything that comes in contact with our five senses, the brain reacts to. That's just, that's just part of being alive. But that doesn't mean we have to press send. Know where and in what subjects you can bring value to those around you and just stay in your lane. Okay, so where do we go from here? If it's true that my posts communicate my purpose, the logical question would be, what purpose am I posting? See, Jesus made posts every time congruent with his purpose, to give his life for us. What are your posts saying about your purpose? I can promise you this. If you are trying to find your purpose in anything that the world has to offer, you're going to be posting and reposting and reposting the rest of your life. And it might not even be seemingly bad things. A good, healthy relationship. Hobbies. Kids, right? 
I, I was reading my daughter a, a bedtime story the other night, uh, and it, it hit me that the, the number of times I'm going to get to read her a story for bedtime is numbered and dwindling. What happens when she goes off to college? And she doesn't need me for much more than advice and to pay for her wedding. Okay? I'm still working on that one. I got a long ways to go, but I'm working. It makes my heart sick to see so many people, young and old, just crying out with each and every post, the selfies, the smiles, the trips, the lunches, the gadgets, everything. Just saying, somebody, see me, right? Know me, love me. Please, someone, affirm me. I'm here to tell you today that you've already been affirmed, okay? God sees you. He knows you. He loves you right where you are. Your purpose, should you choose to accept it, is to love God, to love people, and to help others do the same. Just like it says in verse 32, were our hearts not burning within us? I wonder for many of you today, if that's your story for Jesus. Does your heart burn within you, longing for something that nothing the world offers can suffice? If that's you, and you've never made that confession of faith to put your hope in Jesus, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. With every head bowed and every eye closed, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I've sinned. I'm sorry I've fallen short. But I believe in your son, Jesus. I invite you into my life. Thank you for saving me. God, we thank you for those that prayed that prayer this morning. We thank you for each and every person in this room. God, may we leave here today knowing that we matter to you. Help us to use this tool of social media to communicate our purpose in you. In Jesus' name, amen.